Amen. Isn't it wonderful to be uh, into the, in the presence of the Lord tonight? Amen. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Yes. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Praise God. You know, uh, uh, the pastor mentioned, uh, uh, you know, I've, I, I've preached in a number of places. And uh, I've just come back from Bolivia last week. You know, one of the wonderful things about the Church of Jesus Christ is that, you know, today, some of us, this is the very, very first time I've met you. And I don't really know you and you don't really know me. But, you know, in the Church of Jesus Christ, that is not a problem. Because for believers, there is something so powerful that even though we've never met each other before, there is something that unites us. There is a tie that binds us. Say amen. There is a tie that binds us together. And the wonderful thing about this is that this tie, it's not a temporal tie that is only here for a certain amount of time. You, you, the, let me say this. This tie that unites us will not last until Brexit happens. <laughs> Brexit may happen, <laughs> But there's a tie that unites us, and it's a tie that lasts for eternity. Say amen. And that tie is not a thing, it is a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. Say hallelujah. Say hallelujah. We have a wonderful hope in Jesus. So tonight it's wonderful to, to be with brethren. God bless you. You know, we've had a wonderful day today. We had a, uh, This afternoon we had a, an evangelism workshop, and uh, it was great to be with some of you this afternoon. And uh, I pray that uh, God has stirred in our hearts uh, a new uh, passion and a new desire to be obedient to what Jesus has called us to do. That he has called us to go into all the world to preach the gospel. You know, I tell you, you know, I'm very pleased. I don't know about you, but I'm very pleased that the Bible mentions all the world. You see, Jesus, Jesus is given a title very early on in the scripture. And he is called the saviour of the world. And I tell you, I'm very pleased that Jesus is called the saviour of the world. Because it doesn't say that Jesus is just the saviour of Israel. He, he came to Israel and, and he ministered in Israel. But the Bible doesn't say that Jesus is the saviour of Israel. It doesn't even say that Jesus is the saviour of Europe or Africa. What does it say? It says that Jesus is the saviour of the world. Of the world. Of the world. Hallelujah. And I will tell you why that is good news. It is good news because when Jesus was called the saviour of the world, that means that nobody and no country is missed out of his saving power. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be from Israel. That's fine. You may be from South America. That's okay. You may be from Europe, even from Britain. That's okay. Because Jesus is the savior of the world. Say amen. I tell you, Jesus is the savior of Holland. In Jesus' name. Jesus is the Savior of Wagnergen tonight. In Jesus' name. Say hallelujah. And what happened on the cross of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago is so powerful and it's so mighty that still today, here we are in the city of Wagnergen in Holland. And what happened 2,000 years ago on the cross 
still has the power to transform lives today. Can you say amen? Say amen. Jesus is the saviour of the world. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. So it's wonderful to be here tonight. You know, uh, I think now this is my third or fourth trip to Holland. And uh, it's great to be back here. It's great to come over from the UK. The UK is still there, you know. We still Don't forget us, you know. <laughs> We were discussing Brexit earlier, but we're still there. And uh, it doesn't matter whether we're in the EU or out of the EU. At the end of the day, the kingdom of God matters. Amen. And the kingdom of God never, never changes. It never, never fades. And it will never, never, never stop increasing in Jesus' name. Amen. So it's wonderful, wonderful to be here tonight. God bless you. You know, I just want to mention one more thing before I come to the message tonight. You know... It's wonderful as we were worshipping earlier. You know, it's, it's great as we come together as, as, as the church and, and we worship Jesus. And, you know, it's at those times where, where, where we, we really sense the presence of God. Amen? We really sense the presence of God. And I'm sure in your own prayer closets or, or whatever you call them, in your, in, your, in your own times of prayer, it's so wonderful when you sense the presence of God so powerfully with you. You know, Moses said this, I'm sure you've read it in, in the book of Exodus. He, he was in the presence of God. He was having a wonderful encounter with God. And Moses said to God, he said, God, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up out of here. And God gave him a wonderful promise. He says, my presence will go with you. It will go with you. You know, friends, I want to tell you today, for New Testament... Born again Christians, we never need to beg God for his presence to go with us. Because when we cross over from the Old Testament, where Moses was praying, God, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us out of here. When we cross over from the Old Testament to the New Testament, we read something different. We read Jesus saying to you and to me, I will be with you until the end of the age. Amen? When we cross over into the New Testament, we read something different. We read Jesus saying, whenever there are two or three gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst, in Jesus' name. I tell you, friends, that is a wonderful promise. You know, I, I said that it's wonderful when we sense the presence of God, but I tell you, friends, when you go to work on a Monday morning, or when you go to college or school or wherever you are on a Monday morning and you don't feel the goosebumps all over you, that's not a problem because Jesus is with you as much as he is on a Monday morning as he is in a Sunday service. Can you say hallelujah? Because he has promised, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Will you shout hallelujah? Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. Jesus is with us. Jesus is with us. Amen. Now, I wonder, that's, that's just to warm up. Let's get to the message. Uh, are you all still with me? Amen. Wonderful. Good. I was especially looking at people on the back row. I know, you know, sometimes we can get on the back row and have a little doze. So I, I'm just watching the people on the back row, okay? It's <laughs> God bless you. <coughs> now, now, tonight, I, 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 you know, I just have a, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm an evangelist. I'm not a, I'm not a pastor. Um, I have a lot of respect for pastors, and I think in the church, we really need to honor those who God has given us, amen, to, to lead us and to pastors. We need to honor them because, because they are men of God 
who, who God has given. And, and it's been wonderful to meet your pastor. I honor you, sir. Um, it's been wonderful to see a pastor that is committed to evangelism. <laughs> and I've seen that today. And that's such a blessing. So you guys are blessed in this church. I tell you, you are blessed. You should be thankful to God. Amen. So we need to honor pastors. But, I, but I'm not a pastor. I, I'm just an evangelist. So, so I, I, when I'm preaching, I like to stick to the ABCs of the gospel. Is that okay? So, so tonight I just have a simple gospel message. Is that, is that okay? Fantastic. That sounds good. So turn to your Bible. I'm going to take my jump off if that's okay because I'm getting a bit warm. Um, turn, to, turn, to, turn to Mark's gospel, chapter 1. Whilst I take my jumper off. Amen. Now, I just want to read a couple of couple of uh, scriptures to you today. Are you ready for the, for the gospel of Jesus Christ tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. Wonderful. This is amazing. Good stuff. So, uh, Mark chapter Mark chapter one. I just want to read a couple of verses from there, and I'm going to flip over to uh, um, Ephesians chapter two. But Mark chapter one, verses fourteen and fifteen, and this is what they say. They say now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. I like that. Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. And this is what he said. And saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So Jesus came, he came preaching the gospel, the gospel means good news, the good news of the kingdom of God. And he said, the time is fulfilled. And then he gave us two commands. He said, command number one, repent. Everybody say repent. Wonderful. And command number two was believe. Everybody say believe. believe. Amen. Jesus came preaching. He said, repent and believe in the gospel. Now, I'm going to come back to that scripture in a few moments. I just want to read to you from uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 2. Verses 8 and 9. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. <clears throat> it's a wonderful passage of Scripture. And Paul writes to the uh, uh, church in Ephesus, and he says uh, in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. You see, Paul is saying it's by grace that you have been saved. Paul is talking about salvation. Friends, I want to say to you tonight, I want to start off by saying tonight, there is nothing more important than your eternal salvation. I want to say that to you. There's so many things in, in our world today that, that attract our attention. Whether you're a Christian or not, there's so many things that we can get so preoccupied by. And they seem so important. And yet I believe as we read scripture, we see that the most important thing for you and for me, it's not what latest mobile phone we have. It's not what car we're driving. It's not what house or even what career we've got. The most important thing is our eternal salvation. Can you say hallelujah? Our eternal salvation is so important. You see, the Bible says this. The Bible says, now 
is the day of salvation. Now, I find that interesting because surely that, that doesn't quite sound right. Now is the day of salvation. You see, if the Bible said today is the day of salvation, that, that makes a little bit more sense. But it doesn't say that. The Bible says now is the day of salvation. Now, that's very important. I'll tell you why I believe. Because, you see, if it said that today was the day of salvation, that means that we could put salvation off for a few hours. Let's say we could put salvation off for 23 hours and 59 minutes, if you want to take it to the extreme. If today was the day of salvation. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't say this week is the week of salvation. If it did say that, we could put our salvation off. And the salvation of Holland off for six days, 23 hours, 59 minutes. But the Bible doesn't say that. What does the Bible say? Now. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the day of salvation. Friends, our salvation, our eternal destiny is so important. The eternal destiny of our, of our family, of our nation, of our city, of our loved ones. It's so important. We cannot put it off to the end of the week. We cannot put it off to the end of the day. That's why the Bible says now, now, now is the day of salvation. Say hallelujah. And the good news is this, is that Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Friends, if you are here tonight and you do not know Jesus as your savior, I don't know. Maybe there are, maybe there isn't. But if there are people here tonight you do not know Jesus as your personal savior, I tell you, tonight is your night. Now is your night. Now is the day of salvation. Say hallelujah. Our salvation is so important. And Paul in, 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 the, in, in the Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, he talks about this salvation. And he says that this salvation is a gift. It's a gift from God. I think that's wonderful. You see, if I went up to, if I went up to Lush and I said, my brother, <coughs> I'm going to give you the gift of my Bible and I'm going to give it to you as a gift. I'm not, by the way, okay? You're not, yeah, you're not having my Bible, it's mine. But, but it, I'm using, it's just an illustration. If, if I was going to, if I, if I went up to Lush and I said, my brother, I, I'm going to give you my Bible as a gift. And he said, well, David, thank you so much. That is so kind of you. I said, brother Lush, that's, that's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to give you the gift of my Bible. Now that's 20 euros, please. The moment I said to him that the gift of my Bible will cost you 20 euros, it ceases to be a gift. It's no longer a gift because he has to pay me for it. He has to, he has to pay me money for this, but it's no longer a gift. Now, friends, I want to tell every one of you tonight, this is so important, even for Christians to understand, that salvation is a gift. The Bible says it is a gift of God, not by works. Friends, that means that you and I, we cannot earn our salvation. We do not have to pay for our salvation. We cannot earn it by, by good works. We cannot earn it by how many times we go to church, because salvation is a gift. Can you say Amen. And I will tell you why it's a gift. It's a gift because somebody else has paid for your salvation and my salvation for us. And his name is Jesus. Say amen. Say amen. When Jesus died on that cross, he said, it is finished. He paid the price for our sin in full. 
in full. And now he offers us the gift of salvation for free in Jesus' name. Isn't that wonderful news? Amen? That is wonderful news. Now let me just go back to Mark. Mark chapter 1. We've just read it. It says that Jesus came. He came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Now this is interesting because the Bible says that Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Now that means that what follows... I believe, is the heart of the gospel of the kingdom of God. It's the the heart of the gospel. Because the Bible says that Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. So that means what follows must be the heart of the gospel. How many here tonight want to know what the heart of the gospel is? Amen. Good. Praise God. That's good. I don't need to go and sit down. I I tell you, it's so important. I tell you, it's, it's important for the, the world. If there's one message the world needs to hear from the church, it is the heart of the gospel of Jesus. The world needs to hear it. But if there's one thing the church needs to be focused on, it needs to be the heart of the gospel. We need to know the heart of the gospel. And what Jesus is about to preach on, I believe, contains the heart of the gospel. And Jesus says this. He says, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Amen. This is the heart of the gospel. Say hallelujah. So tonight, I just want to preach on the heart of the gospel. And I just want to pick up on those two words that Jesus said. He said, repent and believe the gospel. So tonight I'm just going to preach on two words. I'm not just going to preach two words. I'm going to preach on two words. Okay. (laughs) And get excited. I'm only going to say two words and that's it. I'm just going to preach on, on two words. The word repent and the word believe. Everyone say again, the word repent and the word believe. Amen. You've just preached the message for tonight. Well done. Thank you. (laughs) The word repent and believe is the heart of the gospel. And I just want to mention a few things about both words. You see, firstly, the word repent. What does it mean, the word repent? You know, perhaps, you know, we hear it in church quite often. Perhaps people in the world, they they hear it sometimes maybe as a negative. Oh, you must repent. You know, but what does it mean? What does the word mean? It's, it's, it's a biblical word. We read it time and time again in the Bible. The prophets come and they call people to repent. Jesus comes and he preaches that we should repent. The Bible commands us to repent. But what does it mean? Well, you know, I've got this simple illustration for repent. It simply means this, that we would have a change of mind that would lead to a change of direction. I believe that's just a simple, uh, simple meaning of the word repent, that we'd have a change of mind that will lead to a change of direction. You see, yesterday, I got in an aeroplane and took off from London Heathrow Airport to fly to Amsterdam. Now, just imagine for a moment if for some reason, the pilot that was flying this plane from London Heathrow to Amsterdam made a mistake. And instead of heading to Amsterdam, he started heading to, let's say, Dublin. It's very, very roughly, I guess, in the opposite direction to Amsterdam from London. And so the pilot is there. He's quite happily heading in the wrong direction. Now, the point is this. As long as that pilot keeps heading in that wrong direction, he will never, ever, ever end up at the right destination. Amen? Because he's got his back to the way he should be going and he's heading in the wrong direction. I'll tell you what that pilot needs to do. If we are ever going to end up 
in the right destination, he needs to do two things. Number one, he needs to realize and admit that he is heading in the wrong direction. But that's not enough. He needs to do something else. He needs to realize and admit he's heading in the wrong direction. But then he needs to take the controls of his aeroplane and he needs to begin to turn that aeroplane around 180 degrees or how many degrees it would be to head to Amsterdam. And the moment he does that, he starts heading in the right direction. And as long as he continues to head in the right direction, he will end up in the right destination. You see, in a sense, the pilot needs to do this. If he's heading in the wrong direction, he needs to repent. He needs to realize he's heading in the wrong direction, but then he needs to turn his plane around and head in the right direction. Say amen. You see, the friends, the Bible says this. The Bible says that we all, like sheep, have gone astray. We've all, we've all wandered off. We've all gone our own way. We've all gone away from God. We're all heading in the wrong direction. Like sheep, we're heading in the wrong direction. You see, sheep, sheep are great. I love sheep. They're, they're, they're quite handy, you know, for making nice jumpers with. You know, in England, we like our roast dinners. Sheep are great for that, but they have a problem. And their problem is this is that they can easily wander off by themselves away from the shepherd. They can wander off by themselves and get themselves into trouble. And the Bible warns us. It says that every single one of us, in the same way, just like sheep, we have wandered away from God. We've wandered into sin. We've wandered away from God and into sin, just like sheep wander off. Jesus put it this way. He said, you know that there are two roads. There's a wide road that leads to destruction. But there is a narrow road that leads to life. Friends, I've got a bit of advice tonight. If there is anyone here tonight that you realize you are wandering away from God, tonight you realize that you may be on that wide road that leads to destruction, that you are not on that narrow path that leads to eternal life. Friends, let me tell you tonight what you need to do. You need to repent. You need to realize that you're heading in the wrong direction. You need to realize your life is heading away from God and into sin. You need to realize and you need to turn your life around and start heading towards God. You need to repent. Can you say amen? Amen. I'll tell you, the Bible has very good news. Because the Bible says that the arm of the Lord is not short that it cannot save. It's not short that it cannot save. Friends, that means for you tonight, or for your loved ones, or for this nation, it doesn't matter how deep you are on that road to destruction. That means it doesn't matter how far along that road to destruction you are. It doesn't matter how far away you are from God. The Bible says the arm of the Lord is long enough, and he can reach you tonight in Jesus' name. Say amen. The arm of the Lord can reach you tonight. And if tonight you will repent, if you will turn away from sin and turn to God, you will see the hand of Jesus reaching to you. And if tonight you will take hold of that hand in repentance, Jesus will pull you up from that road to destruction. He will save you from that road to destruction. Jesus will save you. Can you say amen? And he will put you on that road to eternal life. In Jesus' name, say hallelujah. Jesus is the saviour of the world. Jesus is the saviour of the world. You know, I ask myself, why, why is it the arm of the Lord is long enough that it can reach us? No matter 
you know, if God is so holy, how is it that it doesn't matter how far into sin or, or how far away from God we are? How come, it, how come his arm is long enough that he can reach us? And then I realized what it was. 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, he went to Calvary and he took his cross and there he was crucified on that cross. But on that cross, the whole of humanity's sin, every small sin, medium sin, large sin, met on that cross. Friends, I tell you, on that cross, you could get no lower point in the whole of the history of humanity than on that point that Jesus died. You couldn't get any further away from God. You couldn't get any further into sin. You couldn't get any further down that road. But there Jesus put his cross and there he stretched out his arms one on the left and one on the right and he says today come to me all you who are weak and heavy laden and I will give you rest friends tonight if you are weak and heavy laden with the burden of sin if you are weak and heavy laden walking away from God your creator the God who loves you all you need to do tonight is repent and the arm of the Lord will reach you the arm of the Lord friends there may be people here maybe even Christians who are so, so entrapped in sin. Oh God, what can I do? Friends, the arm of Jesus can reach you tonight. The arm of Jesus can reach Wagnigan tonight in Jesus' name. There is no nation, no city so far from God that cannot be saved, that cannot be reached by the arm of the Lord. Shout hallelujah. Because Jesus is the saviour of the world. Jesus is the saviour of the world. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus is the savior of the world. Glory to God. Let me just mention one more thing about repentance before I move on. You know, I, in a sense, I think this comes to the heart of repentance. Because, you know, you know, people may be sitting and they listen to repentance. They say, yeah, that, 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 that's all very good. But, but here's the problem. You see, many times I have tried to turn my life away from sin and turn it to God many times but it seems so so hard it seems a sin has got such a, a hard grip on my heart that, that I managed to turn so far and I get so far but then it's too too hard and I go back to wandering away from God you may have tried many many times you may have struggled many many times to turn your life away from sin to turn your life away from that road that leads to destruction you may have tried many many times and struggled to turn your life around to god friends i have a suggestion for you tonight can i can i make the suggestion is that okay can i make the suggestion tonight if you've been struggling to turn your life around away from sin and to god away from the the path that leads to destruction and onto the path that leads to life I want to suggest to you tonight that you stop struggling. And I want to make this suggestion to you. That you get out of the pilot seat of your aeroplane. Get out of the pilot seat of your life. And take the passenger seat. And let Jesus sit in the pilot seat of your life. Give Jesus the control of your life tonight. You see, the moment you give Jesus the control of your life, he takes, he takes his hands and he puts his hands on the controls of your life. And I tell you, Jesus can turn your life around. Jesus can save you a lot better than you and I can save ourselves. Say amen. Surrender all to Jesus. Surrender all to Jesus and he will turn your life around. Say amen. Isn't Jesus wonderful?
Amen. Now that was the first word. Can you tell me what the second word was? Believe. Well done. They're still paying attention, Pastor. This is good. Excellent. For a Saturday night, you're doing very well. <laughs> God bless you. Jesus, you see, Jesus, this is important. Jesus didn't just say repent. Because, you see, if, if that's all Jesus had said, then really he had said nothing new. Because the prophets in the Old Testament had called people to repent. If Jesus had only called people to repent, it would be nothing new. But he didn't just say repent. He, he, brought, he brought a new revolutionary. He brought something new and powerful to the gospel message. And the gospel message was not just that we need to repent. The gospel message was also that we need to believe in the gospel. Say amen. We need to believe in the gospel. Now, I want to go back to an aeroplane uh, illustration. I don't know whether anyone here has done a parachute jump before. Has anyone done a parachute jump? Let me see your hand. You have? Awesome. God bless you. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind doing one, actually. I, f I think I wouldn't mind. I don't know. I want you to imagine there are two guys that are about to do a parachute jump. And the plane gets up to the height that the guys need to jump out of the plane. And the first man with his parachute, he steps to the side of the plane. He looks down. He feels the weight of the parachute on his back. And he suddenly thinks to himself, hold on a minute. You know, I, I, am, a, I am a very, very clever person. I have, I have a number of degrees. I've studied very, very hard. I, I also think I'm quite a good person. I give money to charity. You know, I help old ladies across the road. And also... Three times a week, I go to the gym, which means I'm very, very strong. Now, he suddenly thought to himself, if I am really this good, why do I need this parachute to save me when I can probably save myself? So this is what he'd done. He unbuckled the parachute from him. He took it off, threw it on the floor, and jumped out of the plane without the parachute. But something, something bad began to happen. He began to fall quite quickly to the ground. He thought, this is not a problem. I just need to try harder. So he, he, he starts flapping his arms. This, I'm quite strong. I'm quite, I can save myself. Let me, let me, I'm going to try harder. And so there he is flapping his arms. But he noticed something quite tragic. He's falling quicker and quicker. He's not slowing down. He's falling quicker and quicker to the ground. He thought, this is not a problem. I just need to try harder. And I can save myself. And so he starts flapping his legs. It's quite hard to do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, then I might get a bit too energetic. And there is this man flapping his arms and flapping his legs. But the tragedy is he's still falling faster and faster to the ground until what happens? He hits the ground. No matter how good he was, from this jump from the airplane, he was not good enough, he was not strong enough, he was not clever enough to save himself. The second man, he came to the edge of the plane. He too might have been quite clever. He might have had many degrees. He might have also, you know, been very, a very good person given to charity and stuff. He may also have gone to the gym three times a week and, and been very, very strong. But he was also very wise. And he realized that no matter how good he was, no matter how strong he was, no matter how good he thought he was, how clever he was, he knew that this jump 
was far too great that he could never, ever, ever save himself. And so what did he do? He took that parachute and he didn't loosen it, but he made sure it was as tight as it could be. He made sure every buckle was tight. He held onto the straps as tight as he could. And then he jumped out of the plane. He pulled the cord and poof, the parachute opened. And he drifted safely to earth. And he was saved. Say amen. You see, friends, I tell that illustration for this reason. You know, friends, one day, every single one of us, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, every single one of us, one day, will take the jump out of this temporal life and into eternal life. And friends, if I could ask you one question tonight, it would be this. Whether you've been going to church for years, whether tonight is your first time, I would ask you this one question. When it comes to that jump, out of this temporal life into eternity, what are you trusting in to save you? What are you trusting in to save you? Amen. You see, you may be a very good person. That's great. You, you may do good things. You may go to the gym three times a week. I don't. You can probably tell. Yeah, there's a few too many laughs there. <laughs> I'm not offended. It's Okay. <laughs> You, you may be a very good person. You may be a very clever person. But the, friends, the Bible warns us that there is none righteous. No, not one. When it comes to our eternal salvation, we cannot earn our salvation. We can never be good enough to save ourselves, no matter how good we think we are. The Bible says we've all fallen short. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You know, I was in, in, in Nottingham on the streets once and... Uh, this, uh, this young man said to me, I was there with a friend, this young man said to us, he said, I want to be a Christian. Wow, this is great, you know, th th they don't normally come that easily. But, but he said, I want, it was one of the, you know, one of the big issue, issue sellers last, you've, you've probably passed him in, in Nottingham. He said, he said, I want to be a Christian. Oh, fantastic. So I, this is what you need to do. It's very simple. You need to admit to God that you've sinned against him. As soon as I said that, he stopped me. He said, but, I, but I've never sinned. I, I'm not a sinner. I said, well, well, my friend, hold on a minute. And I took him to the Ten Commandments. I said, one of the commandments says, do not lie. Have you ever told a lie in your life? He said, oh, of course I have. Everybody's, everybody's lied. He said, that, that's probably true. He's probably telling the truth there. Probably most people have lied. But the serious point is this. I said, my friend, that means you have sinned against God because you have broken his commandments. Friends, the truth is tonight that when it comes to our eternal salvation, None of us are good enough to save ourselves because we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There was, a, there was a rich man in scripture one day came to Jesus and he said, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now listen, if, if, if you looked at people and judged them by how they looked, you would have looked at this rich young ruler and you would have thought, well, if anyone could be saved, it would be this man. He looked very nice in his, in his rich robes. He walked very, 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 very holy. You know, he looked good. If anyone could be saved, surely this man could be saved. But Jesus pointed out to him that even he had missed the mark. Even he had missed the standard to gain eternal life. And the people around Jesus were shocked. The, the, the people said to Jesus later, they said, Jesus, who then can be saved? And this is what Jesus said. He said, with man, it is impossible. Friends, this is so important. 
You know, I think if you ask most people out on the streets, I believe in the UK, I, I guess it would be the same here in Holland, that if there really is a heaven, do you think you're good enough to go there? Most people would think, I hope I'm good enough, or I, I think I'm good enough. I haven't murdered anybody. I haven't robbed a bank. So I've, I think I'm good enough. But friends, what we need to realize is that God's standard is so high. God is so righteous. He's so holy. That if we've ever lied, we've broken his commandments. If we've ever stolen something, no matter how small it is, we've broken his commandments. If we've ever lusted, we've broken his commandments. And because we have sinned against God, that means it is impossible for us to save ourselves. No matter how hard we try, no matter how good we are, no matter how many times we come to church. And friends, I say this is important in the church because I believe even in the church, there are Christians in our nation's churches who were trapped into thinking, i just got to be good enough to get my salvation. If I come to church uh, every Sunday, if I come to every prayer meeting, if I fast two times a week, if I do this, if I do that, then hopefully I'll just make it to heaven. But friends, the truth is this, that Jesus said, for us to earn our own salvation, it is impossible. It is impossible. Friend, there may be people here tonight, you've been coming to church for years, but you've been trusting in your own goodness to save you. You've been coming to, you're coming to church for years. You've been f- serving faithfully for years. But you're trusting in your own goodness to save you. Friends, it is impossible for us to save ourselves. That's the bad news. I want to come to the good news. Do you want to hear the good news tonight? The good news is this. After Jesus said, it is, it is impossible with men, he said, but not with God. But not with God. All things are possible with God. You see, friends, the good news tonight is this, is that it may be impossible for us to save ourselves. But the good news is this, is, is your salvation is not impossible with God. Say amen. Friends, the good news is this, is it doesn't matter how far you are from God. It doesn't matter how far this nation is from God. It doesn't matter tonight. Because God has made a way And the way is this, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. So whoever believes in him, in him, whoever believes in him, hear that. It's not whoever believes in himself. It's not whoever believes in his own goodness. It's not whoever believes in his own church attendance. It's whoever believes in him, in the gospel, in Jesus, shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. Can you say amen? I want. I want to just. I want to just. I want. I want to just labour here a bit, just for a few moments, friends. And I say, maybe there are there people here tonight that you. In a moment, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pray for people. But are there people here tonight that maybe you have been trusting in your own goodness? Maybe not through a boastful pride, but maybe you've been trying to earn your salvation, and you're not living in the freedom of the fact that Jesus Christ has already purchased your salvation for you and all you need to do is put your trust in Jesus and what he done for you on the cross just like you would trust a parachute you trust your life to a parachute trust your life to Jesus and he will save you amen doesn't matter who you are doesn't matter what you've done it doesn't matter about your family history Jesus will save you if you believe in him can you say hallelujah hallelujah is that good news
I just want to say one more thing. You know, we, we, we should be very pleased tonight that Jesus said, believe in the gospel. And I will tell you why. You see, Jesus could have said for us to be saved, we need to do something like, let's say we need to climb a very high mountain so we can get very close to God. And then we can receive our salvation. Jesus didn't say that because, because that could have been a problem for some people because not everyone can climb a high mountain. It would have, could have been a problem for some people. Jesus could have said, listen, to be saved, you need to give so much money to the poor. You need to do all this good work with your money. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't do, do good work with our money, not at all. But if Jesus had said that, it could have been some problem for some people because not everybody might have had that amount of money to give. It could have been a problem. Jesus could have said, you need to live a perfect life to be saved. You need to have a perfect family, a perfect job, a perfect pet cat and pet dog. That could have been a problem for some people because not everybody has a perfect life. Friends, not everybody has a perfect life. But Jesus didn't say that. He only said one thing and that was that we have to believe in the gospel. And that is good news tonight because that means every single one of us, no matter who you are, can believe. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. I tell you, that is good news. And it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter, doesn't matter what nation you're in, it doesn't matter what city you're in, it applies to everyone. Everyone tonight can cross that line and say, yes, I am going to repent, I am going to give my life to Jesus. Every person can cross that line and say, yes, I am going to stop trusting in myself for my salvation. I'm even going to stop trusting in my own, own set of beliefs for my own salvation and I'm going to put my trust in Jesus Christ. And I tell you, friends, when you do that tonight... When our nation does that, when the nation hears this message and does that, the arm of the Lord is not short that it cannot save. And it will reach down to you and it will save you in Jesus' name. Say amen. Amen. Can we stand to our feet in the presence of God just now? <clears throat> is it possible we could just have some, uh, some keys? Hallelujah. Just for a few moments just now, I want to... In, in a few moments, I want to I wanna, I wanna pray for uh, people. You may have sickness uh, in your body. I tell you, Jesus is not only the savior of the world, he's also the healer of the sick. Can you say hallelujah? And there's no sickness and there's no disease so great that means it's impossible for Jesus to heal you right now tonight. In a few moments, I'm gonna pray, I want to pray for the sick and... and, and uh, any other, hallelujah, any other strongholds that people may have in their lives. I tell you, tonight is the day of salvation. Tonight is a day of eternal salvation, but tonight it could be your night of salvation from what the enemy is doing in your life too. Now is the day of salvation for you. Now is the day of salvation. But first of all, I want to just make sure before we move on in this evening, in this holy moment, that every single person here tonight has the opportunity, if you are not already, to make that decision to receive eternal salvation by repenting, by giving your life to Jesus and by putting your trust in Him for your eternal salvation. Hallelujah.
Just now, I'm going to ask right across this place. Every eye is closed. This is a very holy moment. This moment is not about you and the person stood next to you. It's not about you and your family. This moment is about you walking out of this place, knowing for sure that your sins are forgiven and that you have eternal life, not because you've earned it, but because tonight you have received the free gift from heaven through Jesus Christ. Whilst everyone's eyes closed, I'm going to ask, is there anyone here tonight that you want to say yes to Jesus? You want to receive eternal salvation by repenting and by putting your trust in Jesus. I, I want to speak to Christians as well. You may be coming to church for years, but tonight you've realized that actually you've been trying to earn your salvation. And you're, and you're trapped in this kind of religious religious work of trying to earn your salvation. Friends, tonight will you put that down and put your trust in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation? Will you do it tonight? If there are people here tonight, maybe for the first time, you want to repent of your sin and put your trust in Jesus. Whilst everyone's eyes closed, I want you just to raise your hand just briefly where you are right now, right now, right now. Hallelujah. Is there anyone tonight? just want to give it a few more moments. Is there anyone tonight you need to put your trust in Jesus for your salvation? Just raise your hand right now. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, we want to thank you so much for your salvation. Father, we want to thank you so much that you sent Jesus not to save the elite few, but you sent Jesus to be the Savior of the world. Father, I pray for every single brother and sister, every single person within the sound of my voice right now, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that Jesus, that you have purchased our salvation. May we truly put our trust in you, the great Savior of the world. And God's people said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Jesus, Jesus really is your, Jesus really is your Savior, you know. Jesus really is your Savior. Jesus is enough. The, the, the devil will try to convince you that he's not. The devil will try to convince you that you're too far gone to be saved and that there's something you need to do. But friends, Jesus is enough for your salvation. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I wonder, can we, can we, is it possible just to get the worship team back up for a few moments that we could just sing a song? And then I want to come back and I want to pray for, uh, pray for the sick. Uh, and uh, I want to minister. I believe people tonight, there's freedom in this place. In Jesus' name. And there's freedom for you to walk in because now is the day of salvation. So come on, let's worship Jesus. Let's lift up his name. And then I'm going to be back in a couple of minutes and we're going to pray for some people. God bless you.